What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and today I'm here with first-time guest on the show, Monica Nevy. She's a comedian based out of Seattle, has been touring, doing clubs all over the place for um, several years now, and was a real treat getting to have her on the show. Um, talk. We talked a lot about uh, like the scene in Seattle, which I you know, didn't really know a whole lot about. I'm actually from there, but, you know, moved here. Um, so never, I only got to see a little bit of comedy up there uh, growing up. And so it was just cool to learn more about the comedy scene in that area uh, and what she's got going on and how she kind of handled the pandemic. It was just interesting to get somebody's perspective that, you know, their full-time gig, you know, all the money was coming from stand-up. To just listen to kind of how she was able to transition into other things during that time and make it work. So that was really cool. And then, you know, just, I was just kind of picking her brain about what it's like, you know, touring and, and stuff like that. So she had some really, uh, insightful things to say and was a really good guest. Um, I enjoyed talking to her and she's really funny, has a comedy album on Spotify called mostly finger guns and also has a comedy meditation album that she talked about too, which, I thought was, uh, it's like a guided meditation uh, album that's also kind of like a comedy thing too, which I thought was really cool. Um, so go check those out. She also has a podcast, uh, which we talked about as well, called Dumb Pitches um, on the Helium Podcast Network. Uh, she plugs all that too, so go check her out on Instagram, at Monica Nevy, all one word, and I think it's the same on social medias uh, as well. And... If you can, also make sure to go follow the podcast on Instagram at I'm Getting There Pod, all one word. And please subscribe to the show, whatever platform you're on. I'm on all of them, I think. Uh, so, um, you know, wherever you're listening to podcasts normally, uh, go subscribe to the show there. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please leave a review for the show, as well as give it some stars. And if you want to continue to support the show uh, more than that, you can donate to the podcast by hitting that tip jar link in the description of the episode. Uh, you can do a one-time donation or, like I said before, hit that recurring donation um, link and you'll become a member of the uh, Pinecast uh, membership and you'll have access to all the private content I post. So that's how you can support the show. Um, thank you to all those that do that. Thank you to everybody that listens, uh, supports the show each week, and enjoy this episode with Monica. I guess you're doing you're doing Eureka this weekend, right? That's the. I am, yeah. It's Savage Henry's. Nice. I have some friends that have gone up there. They've said good things about it. It's like a cool place. Yeah, I've heard it's really fun. I'm hoping this the travel has been really stupid, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But um, I'm excited to just be there and do the club for sure. I like I like the people. I haven't ever done it before, but I'm excited. Have you done um, like have like where have you? like toured like have do you have like uh specific places you're going to right now or have you have you like traveled all over like um i mean in the past i've traveled all over most most places i've worked except a lot of the northeast i've done like new york but other than that not a ton but yeah i mean i've done the big ones you know uh chicago denver la austin atlanta 
But then okay. I've done, you know, like Fargo and fun um, <laughs> Deer Lodge, Montana, you know, all those fun ones. Uh, lately, it's been, you know, a lot of West Coast just because it's kind of getting back into the into the traveling flow. But I just booked stuff in, in Denver and Chicago. So hopefully kind of starting to get back out there again fully. I mean, nice. my, my schedule is pretty booked. It's just, yeah, kind of leans towards the West Coast a bit. Interesting. That's that's cool to know because it's like I, I was wondering that because I was like li- I was listening to um, your albums last night and the day before, and I was like listening to you like we're traveling and stuff. I was wondering how that was happening during the the quarantine because it seemed like like from your social media it seemed like you're kind of doing stuff in Seattle and kind of yeah. I mean, for a while there was probably nine months where I didn't travel or I mean I didn't do anything live at all. Um, it was, I mean, I did a ton of shows. They were just like this over a screen. Um, mm-hmm. But then probably February, we opened in Washington to be like 25% capacity. So I oh, nice. started just doing stuff that I could drive to. So just Washington, Oregon. And then in April and May, that was kind of back to normal. I was in Kansas and Oklahoma and places like that. And then now, you know, I think a lot of people are back to working again and so mm-hmm. it's been kind of the same like it's more competitive to get to get weekends again um which is fine it's just uh now i'm booked out farther so oh, nice yeah okay and i'm curious because i'm I'm from washington and mm-hmm. you know i didn't start doing any of this stuff until i moved down here and i didn't i went to like i went to the tacoma comedy club a few times um when it opened up like and that was like the only real like comedy in that area that I had ever seen or heard about. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of curious, like, were you like, that's where you started, I'm assuming. And like, were it, what, like, was there a lot of stuff like going on in like the Seattle, like kind of Tacoma area? Like, is there a big scene there? Yeah. I mean, when I started, I mean, Seattle was definitely more of the, the scene. There was, five clubs when I started and then you know and since then there's been additions and subtractions from that number <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but a ton of um Seattle and Portland are pretty known for their alt scenes there's a ton of like independent venues you know little theaters or whatever the back of a Thai restaurant that are like really good shows there's definitely a scene there there's some awesome um there's quite a few really good comics that stayed up there. Um, okay. You know, I mean, yeah, that just, whatever, built families. I'm sure they spent time in wherever, LA or New York, but came back. Um, and then now in this odd reopening period, some of the clubs in Seattle didn't survive. And so there's a couple of new ones that are popping up. But Tacoma is actually kind of the bigger scene at the moment. Um, there's two clubs that are great. I mean, they, um, as far as like getting really big shows, really great headliners, but then the thing about having really good clubs is that it cultivates a scene where you can produce your own things and it doesn't really compete with the club. You know what I mean? So they don't really care if there's other good shows around. So now Mm -hmm. in Tacoma and kind of the peninsula area, there's all these really good, I guess alt shows, but you know, like one nighter type of small like venue shows. shows. Yeah, bar shows are you know, but some of these they're like incredible. So for some reason in this this renaissance of 
Northwest comedy, Tacoma has really become this actual like kind of scene on its own, which is cool because I live there now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with all the development of the area as well? Like, yeah, like, well, I think I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I think, I mean, the demographics have shifted a ton. Um, during all this, when people could work remotely, a lot of people moved from like Seattle proper to suburbs or to Tacoma or whatever. Um, That's true too. Yeah. So now there's just a different group of people. Some are younger or some have more money than, you know, those areas ever had. And so they're ready to spend it, which is mm -hmm. what you need, unfortunately, to yeah. um, have some good shows. So yeah, everything's kind of shifted. And I mean, nothing is settled yet, obviously. Um, but we'll see how it all pans out, I guess. Yeah. I I'm just only bringing that up because last time I was home, I went down like on Rustin and stuff and I mm -hmm. saw all the new yeah, like, stuff. stuff. It looks insane. Like compared to what so I, are you from know. Tacoma? Well, I'm from, I grew up in Graham and like, like, yeah. no, like the Puyallup area. Down uh, that area though. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm from Renton. So we still, we would claim probably the more Seattle area. Oh, okay. <laughs> then the Tacoma. <laughs> so if you were in Graham, that's more of Tacoma, which is great. But mm -hmm. I go to Rustin almost every day. That's like, cause there's, yeah, like you said, it's all new. There's coffee shops and stuff, and they have this public market. So I go run down there, and then I go and work with all the fancy rich people that don't have jobs, I guess, um, <laughs> and steal their internet. So <laughs> it is a really nice one. Well, when I was a kid, being from Renton, nobody talked nicely about Tacoma at all. So I was like, yeah, oh, right? I want to yeah. go there, you know? <laughs> and now it's totally different, and it's really nice. And I'm like, well, maybe don't tell everybody they're going to come mm -hmm. down here. Yeah, like people from California ask me what Tacoma's like. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. Like I just, I try to give positive vibes for it. I like, yeah. <laughs> just don't want people. I mean, to it really is cool, and you're right. Like that whole water area is beautiful. I mean, it's yeah, it's better than I thought. I guess. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, that's cool to know that there's like a big scene up there. Just because I like, yeah. I, I mean, I thought you know, I, I didn't know there was like that many clubs. Actually, it doesn't seem like. I guess I just wasn't paying attention as much while I was, you know, like I wasn't like looking for it as much as I was, I guess now that I'm like kind of right. in this area, but yeah, now you would pay yeah. attention more, I guess, but mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see who, who comes back, who survives, what else pops up, you know, um, I would say as far as like the size of like, so there's Tacoma comedy club and Nate Jackson now has a club in Tacoma as well. They're both pretty big. There's nothing in Seattle that's quite that big. So a lot of people do theaters and stuff if they're going to, you know, mm -hmm. if they're that big. But there's good, I would, I mean, I, I guess you would say it's a B-size room. Um, about three of them still up there that have not um, officially closed yet. So that's good. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, there used to be some stuff on the east side too, but they kind of moved around. So it's, um, yeah, we'll just see how it all works out, I guess. I yeah. And I wanted to bring up too, you also have a podcast as well that I uh, was checking out. Um, and I like the, I like the premise for it. Like just having, it's like, it seems like a unique, like, uh, like it's not just like a back and forth. Like you're asking a specific thing, like the whole like dumb pitch idea. Yeah. Like it's uh, And you said it's for the Helium Network. Is that like uh, the Helium Clubs? Is that like the thing they're doing? or? Is yeah, kind of in the, I mean, I think we were all grasping for straws and, franchised clubs were doing the same thing and so they had started kind of producing some albums and then they also started a podcast network so i did this like 
we did a roast, like a roast of cities. It was a coast to coast roast. And I, me and Andrew Rivers, another comic from Seattle represented Seattle and we did well, we got second. Um, and after that, they were kind of, you know, they were like, do you want to do an album? I just recorded an album. And then they were like, well, if you ever do a podcast, let us know. And so I actually didn't want to do it as a podcast. I wanted, I really focused on YouTube during the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to pick one thing and focus on that. So I was doing a lot of YouTube videos. I was doing live streams. We did shows. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I like this idea of talking to successful people about the worst ideas they've ever had because everybody has bad ideas, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and of course you want it to be funny and lighthearted, but um, I just wanted to do it as like an interview, like YouTube video, you know, mm. just, it wasn't necessarily meant to be audio, but a lot of people were like, well, I would listen to that audio. And so I just told Helium, I was like, well, I'm doing this new thing. I don't want to do anything with the audio, but if you guys want it, you can have it. And so they were into it. So yeah, now it's on my YouTube channel, but it also is um, on all the podcast platforms through the Helium network. And now I think they have somewhere like 15 or 16 podcasts oh, on wow. this network. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's some like a unique way before, for, but what was that? It's like unique. As I say, it's like a unique way for a club to like kind of morph into that space. It's yeah, like, have well, like a network within there. Yeah. They have a lot of clubs, which is nice. I think there's eight or nine altogether. Um, not just Helium's. He owns some yeah. other, you know, other named ones. But so then you have like people following those clubs. You have an email list. You know, you kind of have access to all these people that like stand up. And so then you create a a different way for them to get entertainment at a time when they shouldn't be doing it live. <laughs> so it was an interesting. I mean, they they felt very proactive during the time, at least. So. It worked out well for me because I just kind of hand them the audio every week and then they do whatever they do with it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. It's a really fun show for me because um, I've had mostly comics, but some other people that I've never really met either. And kind of it's interesting to hear what they think is a bad idea. And then, you know, I get kind of lost in the ideas and go, okay, well, what, 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 what if you did this? You know, like we become a mm -hmm. team at some point where I'm like trying to figure out how to make this trying terrible idea. idea. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it a good thing, but it's, it's fun and I'm pretty proud of it. So yeah, it's called. That is cool though. Cause you kind of get to learn from someone's like, especially if they executed that bad idea and it was a, you know, something that didn't work. Yeah. You definitely get to learn from that experience and then them retelling it too. It's like, oh man, like, I hope I never do something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some of them are like, no, I really did this or, you know, and then some of them are like, well, I had this idea of what, what it, and then of course I'm encouraging them to do it anyways, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I no, I was, yeah, like I said, I was listening to some of your comedy and one of my favorite things that you had, and I've tried to it's like a similar vein of something I've tried to think. It's like an idea about like Northwest people versus other people. Like I, especially living in California, that was like one of the first things I noticed and you like hit it on the head. That joke you have about like Northwest people being like kind of like cats. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. I was like dying. I was like, oh man, that's so perfect. Because it well, is it true. Is, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a very common premise to be like, people from here are different from people from there. You know, like that's mm -hmm. like a very, it's like men and women are different, you know, whatever. That's very standard. But in my experience going to places like the South, um, it's, it's hard to explain to people that, you know, cause you see, 
we've all seen LA, you know, or New York on TV or Chicago even of what Mm -hmm. people are supposed to be like. We have an idea of what the South is like, but for the most part, the Northwest is kind of, nobody really knows almost, you know, or, or it's like a hippie. You think everybody's really hippies or something like that. And it's just, it's not really. So it's, um, because we're just so passive and whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting to try to like tell people what it's like, I guess. Yeah. That is, yeah, it makes sense because, yeah, there's not, you do make a good point. There's not really a solid like stereotype or representation of the Northwest besides like being a hippie or like. Yeah. And it is a like. A smoker that drives a, like a Subaru, like you said. Yeah. That's, that's pretty like much just, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I mean, there's it's what's funny about that, too, is they don't realize that Washington is so divided and that like there's the west side and the east side. And you try to explain that to people and they're like, oh, OK, that makes sense. But then if you actually go to the east side of the state or like because I went to school in Ellensburg and that was like okay. a big difference for me. It was like living in like Puyallup Graham area and like knowing that area and then moving to Ellensburg and just being this little town being like, what the heck? Like this yeah. feels like a different place, you know, <laughs> it definitely does. And like. Well, my mom's from Idaho, but then her family lives in like central Washington. And then it's, I mean, it's completely different. The thing is surface area wise, the Western side of the state is it's small. It's less of an area, but there's way <laughs> more people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cause people are always like, Oh, Washington's so blue. It's always going to vote Democrat, blah, blah, blah. But every year, no matter what the election is, if it's statewide, it is this argument of like, they feel misrepresented, which some areas I get it they are because they yeah. it's not what they think you know and and I've heard I'm sorry I'm sure you've heard of the because because Oregon is the same and parts of California are kind of the same too so there's this thought that they should we should Cascadia is what it's called so it would be oh, I've heard of this. western yeah, Washington like western Oregon yeah and then western California would be one state and then the eastern sides would be one state because they have more similar which I don't know, but Mm -hmm. it is, yeah, it's a split. It's like once you get over the mountains, you're like, oh, this is totally different. I don't know why, but. Well, it's a different environment too. Like there's just way more trees and like the Puget Sound's so beautiful and there's so many cities in there and it's just like. Because it rains in Seattle and I think people think it rains in Washington. It rains in Seattle, like that area. And then there's what's called like the rain I don't even remember. We learned about it in school, but basically the rain yeah. because of the mountains. I don't did you remember what it's called? Because of the mountains. It, is it a rain shadow? Is it a rain shadow? Uh, I think it's a rain shadow. Yeah. But because of the mountains, it basically dumps all the rain here and then the clouds keep going on the other side and it doesn't rain on the other side. So it's like basically a desert the rest of Washington. But wow, I think just, you're right. Is it a rain shadow? I hope so. Yeah. I'm I hope looking at the little, rain my shadow third grade map. brain remembered. But we yes. talked about it a lot. But it's a rain shadow. Damn, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's not even like from a climate standpoint the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of it's funny, like yeah, the area is just so it gets like a hundred degrees in the summer and then it's just like cold as shit and it snows. Yeah. And it's so weird. It just feels like, yeah, it's like, like you said, yeah, it just shouldn't even be. We Cascada, I, I've seen that before, and I think that's such an interesting idea because it's just, it would be, it's like similar to, uh, what is that? Is it Chile, I think, that has the, their 
they're like in the same kind of yeah like argentina and chile like it's like they're just like on the coast and then argentina is like the whole um like inside part i don't know that's the only thing i could like think of that's that's similar (laughs) i'm just trying to yeah they don't seem to like anyway so i guess that's fine but (laughs) that's funny who else has a rain shadow you know that's what we Mm -hmm. need to figure out Yeah, which sounds like it makes sense. That that rain shadow. (laughs) I was gonna say it's so on. (laughs) Like it's the perfect name for it because it's just like (laughs) it could just be some depressing like song about rain shadow, and you'd be like, oh, if I could just get over those mountains. Yeah, (laughs) it's. Oh man, that is uh, that is funny. Um, so yeah, like you're you're getting back out there. That's that's so like. When you were doing Zoom, like, was there a lot of people up in up north doing Zoom, or were you just hopping on like shows wherever you could find them? Um, there's quite a bit going on up here because we were like, and I think you guys were the same, but like fully shut down. You couldn't, mm-hmm. we couldn't even do outdoor shows. Like, you couldn't do things that would gather people in any way. Um, yeah, when we could, it was, it had to be a private outdoor show. You could only have ten or less people. And they all had to be in the same household. <laughs> so it was pretty, which I did a few, but you know, it was a few and far between. And those were definitely private shows. It wasn't like in a park. Um, mm-hmm. So it just was almost impossible, let alone the fact that it's winter in the Northwest. And so if you wanted to yeah. do something outside, you can't really, I did a new year's Eve show in someone's backyard. Luckily it was like kind of fancy and it was covered and stuff, but there were six people <laughs> and, it was fine, but it was definitely weird. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of um, Zoom shows up here. But then like I did ones from San Francisco, ones from New York, ones from L.A. Like you hop on those. And then for a long time we did. I did my own um, over YouTube nice. where I would just like book comics. The first few we did, I actually had like my mom and some other people come and hang out in our living room and do a show for them and then just put it on YouTube. And then as it got more serious and let's all stay away from each other, then I would have people zoom in and then we would push that to YouTube, Um, which it's just it's not the same, but it's fine. And those went well for a while, but then it just, you know, oversaturated, you get burned out anyways. Um, So we did them farther apart at least but yeah then i jump on other people's i did corporates over zoom i mean i did i did trivia online for like like every other week for a year basically what's it <laughs> like doing a corporate event over zoom that's oh god <laughs> <laughs> like that seems so interesting to, to me there. it's like no, um <laughs> i mean if you don't know doing a corporate anyways isn't the best ever that's what i've heard yeah it's with, you know, the audience is around people they work with, which they usually don't know as well as if they were just with their, their friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, you have to be clean, which is fine. But then sometimes, you know, you're doing a corporate for a bunch of people who aren't interested in that, you know, like they, they actually wouldn't want it clean. And then usually they're like, talk about Steve. He's, you know, Steve. It's Steve's been here for a long time, and you're like, that's not necessarily in my act, but okay. See how Steve's What's doing. What's up, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's dumb. So then you add Zoom to that. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had like every experience. I feel like with it, either, 
I've had good ones where everyone's unmuted and they're, they're laughing and they know how to be quiet in the background and whatnot. I've had the other way around where people are completely muted and then you're just talking to no one, which is horrible. Um, and then you'll get emails later that are like, everybody loved you. So great. We were laughing. And I'm like, well, I couldn't tell. Like, I couldn't hear you. And then I've had the other where it's like a few people are unmuted or then somebody unmutes and their dog's barking and they're yelling at their wife and they don't know that you can hear them. Like, oh, God, somebody was doing the dishes one time. I was like, what is happening? Um, so it's just it's like every. Yeah, I've, yeah, I don't know. Most corporates are they're in their offices or wherever, you know, their home office. Mm-hmm. A few are unmuted most aren't yeah wow like you uh, can see them just, but then you can't hear them so they are laughing like, you're like well, i can see you but so it was like a like it wasn't like you were zoomed into a room of people you were like zoomed into like a group wow okay because they're not even in the same you know they're working remotely still yeah, too okay yeah. Uh, yeah wow that is really <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> That's just, yeah, I thought it was just like a conference table. Like I was like, okay, that doesn't seem like just kind of like the the talking head. Yeah. On the, yeah, yeah, it was funny. Like during, during the pandemic, like I, I work in cannabis. So it was like considered essential. So we were like still going into work every day. And it was just, it, it was interesting to have friends that weren't because first of all, you're like, like you just like they just told it was just because they told you that you can't like there was no other reason that you couldn't go to work it's like you just can't work now yeah and it was so weird to just be like uh like i, I mean it was like, terrifying still... for us for a minute because i've been do- i've been full-time doing stand-up for about six years and so that's my income i also have a family mm-hmm. we have a home you know like all of those things and i went from being booked out for six months to I've lost everything in like two days, you know, like it was so many things got canceled and then you just panic because there was no, can we get unemployment, which we could never before because, you know, self-employed people, it's hard to explain yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Are we going to get some sort of stimulus or whatever? Like no one knew. So we went right away with the YouTube stuff and we're just like, let's just see what happens, you know, and just do. and And, and honestly, I mean, it, it saved our situation. I mean, I, yeah, it was lucky that we were able to make it work so quickly, but it was just, it was terrifying. And so with other people with, I guess, more nine to five style jobs, then you go through this thing where you're like, well, am I essential or not? Do I, you know, do I keep my job? Am I going to keep my job? Am I going to get furloughed? Can we work remotely? Like there's just so many questions Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I mean, obviously, Such we all crazy. went through it. It was great chaos. Yeah, it was. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> like it was. Yeah, and and yeah, I feel like now it's it's to the point too where I've noticed like there's more and more like it's it was crazy how it went from I feel like we hit this like certain point like in California we hit like this day where it was like you didn't have to wear like a mask anymore and then everything was just like full speed back and it's funny because it was this odd kind of lingering thing here especially for the mask like at first they were like you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated and then you go into a store and everyone still had them on and i'm like i know most of you are vaccinated you know so i think Mm -hmm. we're just all worried because that yeah it was i've seen a bunch of you know memes or tiktoks or whatever it is of people (laughs) being like 
wait, if I, I'm not anti-masker, but I am vaccinated, but then I don't, like, you know, you're just like, do I take it yeah. off? Do I keep it on? Um, so that was a slow, and it was a slow burn for me. I wore it anyways for a while. And then it's now, just now, I'm getting more comfortable with it. But then it's like, you know, whatever else is going on now, you're like, maybe I should put it back on. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, the Delta. And right, the, there's a variant. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and somebody else brought up this other thing to me at work today. I was like, I don't even want it. I can't like, keep track. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I I wash my hands. I do my. I do what I'm told. Like I don't know. Like I well, just, right. And I then for it. them to be like, well, now there's this thing, and I'm like, I'm literally getting on a plane right now. I don't know what you want me to do. You know, I can't. <laughs> You're just like YOLO. Like no, I just have like, to. I, I have a mask on. I'm doing what they told me to do. This old lady's in more jeopardy than I am. I don't. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot to keep track of, and I'm not. I'm, I followed the rules. I did everything. I stopped. I didn't travel. I know some comics kept traveling. I didn't. Um, you know, we made it work virtually. Did you but, consider like maybe moving out of Washington at all, or like? Um, we else? did not. We also have a child, which makes it oh, a little bit gotcha. Yeah, more difficult. But I mean, even because I know a lot of people moved out of LA for that reason. I don't know if that would have been worth it. For us, I mean, I, I mean, obviously not because I have a family. But for me, if it was just me, would I have? I don't think I would have moved somewhere that just was like we're open. If I was in LA still, I probably would have come back to Washington. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. But or maybe I would have just kept traveling from there. I know, like I had a lot of friends that would still just like they live up in Washington or whatever, and they would just go to the places that were still allowed to to have mm, shows okay and then yeah, come I, had some, I had some friends down here that were doing that too they would go to like new york and they'd go to arizona and yeah kinda, like try to get in those scenes and right do stuff and then i noticed a lot of people too like uh just we went over to those areas but then they like the more they went there then now they're just kind of there like it was like they just kind of they just stayed there yeah, yeah. they just kind of stayed there yeah which is cool well, i mean it's like yeah i have uh theories years ago and i don't know maybe this will be held against me but years ago i was like i think everything's going to change where it's not as important to be in a certain place you know like because when i was younger when i first started stand-up it was you got to go to la you got to go to new york even Mm -hmm. even like the atlantas or the chicagos or the austins weren't no you you don't be there go to go to la go to new york you have to and then up until like even two years ago, people were like, why aren't you in L.A.? I was like, bitch, I was there. You know, like, don't <laughs> trust me. It's fine. Um, but you could see everything kind of morphing. And then these people who were creating their own things are able to tour just as much, if not more than some other people that are in L.A. And I was just just had this inkling that it would change. Um, did I know that it would be this much? No. Or this drastic at a time. But. I didn't expect a mass exodus or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I could see a lot of people coming back, but it just, it's become more obvious that the things that we used to think were the most important, you know, a network TV show or a late night set or whatever have really kind of lost their value. I mean, people can sell out clubs based on their TikTok now instead of, you know, a Conan set, which is crazy, but that's still the reality. And I Mm -hmm. think the industry is trying to like 
still figure out how to control it and they don't know how or like um, be a part of it yeah yeah for sure yeah um so it's just a really confusing time <laughs> and i don't know where where it's supposed to happen or when or i think yeah. i'm hoping especially for people like myself that it has liberated everyone creatively enough to be like well it doesn't matter where i am as long as i'm creating what i want to and and you know if it's stand-up that you want to do, as long as I'm being the funniest and creating the, the funniest material I can, it kind of doesn't matter where I am. And I think that's kind of a beautiful thing because being in those places often adds a lot of stress. And I think that hinders your ability to create. So yeah, live in fucking well, Minnesota creates, like, or whatever. <laughs> creates like those barriers to entry too, because then there's all those other people trying to go to that space. Yeah. And they're more focused on maybe going to that space and trying to be in that space than trying to be, like you said, like the funniest they can be or like put out the best material they could be, which could be somewhere else. Like, you know, just trying to navigate that area, which is like kind of what I've been trying to do because I've been like I'm a couple hours south of like the Bay Area. So I've been like going to like the Santa Cruz, like San Jose and like trying to get into those spaces and like just do what I can while I'm in this space, you know, and I'm trying to like move up there and like, you know, yeah, I get think more into those. The audience, I mean, the audience is who we're doing it for. I don't know if people forget that often, but can't do it without you. And, and my show is for you. It's not for the other comics. It's not even for the industry, honestly. So it's, I think it's a beautiful thing and I think it makes you better. And I think it opens you up creatively to see every type of audience, to go to different places and, and, um, know that certain jokes work everywhere certain jokes don't work everywhere um you know whatever it is and just meet different types of people and see how they react and then i think eventually you get to a point where you're like i can i can work anywhere i can do any type of room i know how to pivot i have enough material you know whatever and then no matter what else you're creating writing a book writing a script whatever it is you can have more people in mind than just i'm going to write a movie about being in los angeles and being uh, going to auditions you know we've seen mm-hmm. all of that so it's um yeah it's, i think maybe that'll maybe maybe this is me being optimistic but the moving around and the shuffling will actually help the actual art itself be better totally <laughs> how long how long do you feel like it it took you to to get to that point where you felt like you were comfortable in like in any space i mean i, I don't know if it if that like ever goes away but like like you're going to different like states, different like entire groups of people. Like I think about that. I'm like, that, you know, if I ever get to that point, it's going to be so insane to just fly somewhere I've never even been to before in my life and just go in the crowd and then I don't even know these people at all. Like, what do you say? Like, I just like follow that thought all the way to the end. And I'm like, that's got to be so intense sometimes. That's a good wow. question. I mean, I still get nervous no matter where I go, just because you're like, I don't know, this could go bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it usually doesn't now, you know. Uh, at least I have ways to, even if I don't agree with the audience, get out of it, I guess. I would say, I don't think there's a time limit on it. I think it's just having certain experiences and kind of putting them in your bag and going, usually you go, well, it can't be worse than that. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I've worked at so many casinos on a Wednesday that was better money that I needed. So, the fact that there's six people there and we can hear slot machines in the back is just, just get through it. You know, I do an hour for people who really don't care that are smoking cigarettes. They won't sit as close to the stage as I want them to, because they're not allowed to smoke in this area. They sit farther <laughs> back because they're allowed to smoke cigarettes back there. You know, I've been through all of that weird stuff. I've performed people's houses. I've just, you know, 
I've just done all the weird shitty stuff. So I feel like once you've done that, then you, then you go, I'm not really afraid of anything, you know? Yeah. Can't be worse than the, yeah, but not that that they're all like that, but you go, I used to say Wednesdays are for quitting. (laughs) And then you like build yourself back up as the weekend goes and Saturday, you're like, I love this. This is great. And then you start over. (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's really how it works, but that is, you know, I think now, and this probably happened around seven years is what I will say, because I've been doing it for almost 11. Seven years is when I felt like even when it wasn't good, I still had fun. Uh, And that to me was like kind of scary because it was like, you know, other people can look at it from the outside and go, why do you do this? (laughs) Why do you do this to yourself? But even then, you know, I'm much more comfortable with the crowd. I'm good with crowd work. I feel, you know, I can kind of read them and go, well, they're going to like this, even maybe that if that's not what I wanted to work on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, Alvin Williams, great comic. He was like, I mean, they're predictable. People are predictable. They don't want to be, but they are. And that's why we're good at our jobs because I can predict what you are going to like, what you want to hear. And I think that's just a, and the same thing as like a friendship or a relationship, the longer you're together, the more experiences you have together, the more that's you true. know to go, oh, that's going to piss them off or they're going to laugh at that or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the same thing with an audience. You know what to expect, basically. And so they're just, I feel like, because my career didn't, you know, skyrocket after two years. Um, I've been in every situation and I can kind of say like, okay, this is what they want. This is what I can get away with. This is what I shouldn't do. (laughs) Mm, Those types of things. So it's more of an experience thing. But if I had to put a time limit on it, I would say seven years. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool to know. Like, it's just, yeah, like you, I guess it's just a culmination of your experiences. Like you said, that's, it makes, makes sense. Because it's, yeah, like they become become one person like uh, the audience does it's like yeah when i always encourage people because i'd heard before they're like the road makes you funny which isn't to say why i wanted to do the road because a lot of people were like don't do the road because then you won't get on tv or whatever um which people will do that no matter what you're going to do they'll have a good thing to say and a bad thing to say just do whatever you want to but i do feel like being on the road made me funnier i really do think it made me not necessarily like my writing or you know, I think I was already this funny or going to be this funny, but just my ability to deal with it, your confidence, your, just that same thing of being like, I've been in this situation and I don't think that would have happened had I not run on the road. So I always say, you know, balance is huge for people. I think that's huge because if you're only doing stand up, you don't have anything else in your life. It's hard to write about anything that's relatable. And two, go go places, go see other types of audience, go go do a guest set with someone that you know in Idaho or whatever, somewhere that you wouldn't normally want to go just to see and just, uh, you know, if you really want to just get funny, you got to go see what everybody else is laughing at. <laughs> wow, that's a good, yeah, wow, that's a good, uh, that's a good quote right there. <laughs> well, cut that out, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping gems over here, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, this is this has been awesome. Um, I really appreciate you coming on today, uh, and I want to give you a chance right now just to you know plug like throw out all your handles and like your podcast and stuff so people can go um, listen to you and follow you and 
Yeah. Um, everything for the most part on social media is just my name, Monica Nebby and EVI, my website, Monica Nebby.com. I think I'm Monica Nebby comedy on TikTok. Cause one lady with one video took my name. Um, Oh rip. That's yeah. <laughs> now I feel bad for her because if you Google her, it's just all me, but <laughs> <laughs> such a slam. <laughs> Well, I was an athlete too. I played basketball all the way through college. So even if you get past the comedy, then it's just basketball of the same person. <laughs> so that's fine. You can have the TikTok handle. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I have two albums. I have a stand-up album. It's called Mostly Finger Guns. It's on all the platforms. It was recorded live in December of 2019, probably with people too close to each other at the time. Um <laughs> And then I put out another album that's called Chill, and that is a guided meditation album. Um, it's a comedic oh, cool. guided meditation album. It's funny. It's um, I had a composer from Los Angeles who normally does movies do original music for it. His name is Jeremy oh, wow. Shabo. It's really good music, too. But sometimes, so, like, I mean, you know, you listen to your stand-up, and you do it so often, you're like, all right, I'm tired of this. So if mm-hmm. I'm in the car and my stand-up album pops up, I'm like, no, skip that. But if the meditation album pops up, I'm like, I listen to this. Like, it's pretty, <laughs> it is funny, but it's also like, it's pretty legit. It's pretty soothing. So That's that was cool. called Chill, also on all the, the platforms. And then, um, yeah, I'm performing live now. So monicanevy.com and my calendar's on there. And uh, Dumb Pitches is my podcast. It's on uh, the Helium Podcast Network. So it's on Spotify, Apple, all those. And then we also do YouTube. So yeah, go to my YouTube. Plenty of stuff on my YouTube I have a YouTube membership thing where you can subscribe and then you can see behind the scenes videos. And also I have full sets. So if I don't know, you live in the middle of nowhere and you'll never be able to see me live. There's some like 50 minute sets on there. So if you're a member, you can see those. So yeah, that was a lot of pitching I feel like, but I did (laughs) it. No, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>